Welcome to episode 49 of Diamond Dreams Miami Up and In. As always, coming in to the program with DJ ADSR Wilbur Reyes. Best music in the game, Mike. It's the best intro, at least in Miami, I think. Absolutely. And for the third time in the existence of our podcast, David Espinosa joins us today. Welcome. Thanks for having me again. I'm excited. How much has changed since the first time we did the podcast, which was like episode two, to now? Look at look how more, much more sophisticated we are. Oh yeah, you got the <laughs> the, the awesome music by Wilbur, ADSR, um, and obviously we we've been paying attention to the podcast. They're awesome. Thank you, thank you. And before we continue, because we all have businesses, right? That's right. Usually say we're, it's it's uh, brought to you by. We usually go with. Diamond Dreams Miami first, but let's start with our guests. Let's do it. Swing Kings Miami. Yeah, Swing Kings Miami. Uh, Batting Cage has been a staple in the community. It's a family-run business. Uh, my wife and I run it, and uh, I'd like to add that I wouldn't be able to run it without my wife. She was uh, especially helpful when I was still traveling, and uh, she held the fort down. So, But we're very excited. And a mom for, of three. Mom, mom of, of three. Three, three boys. Super mom, super boy mom. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, we're very, um, we're very proud of what we've done so far, but we're excited about what is coming. So we have a lot of plans and we're excited to put them into play. Oh, and it's an awesome place to be at. And for those that don't know, maybe it's the first time listening. Swing Kings is the batting cages inside Tamiami park. They're on the, uh, Southwest corner of the park. Yeah, close to 117. Right? 2201 Southwest 117. What's the phone number, SP? Uh, 305-723-1931. You go and find him on Instagram, Swing Kings yeah. MIA. Swing Kings Absolutely. MIA. Give us a follow, baby. Absolutely. We're going to have caballos here. Diamond Dreams Miami as well. Horses. Uh, Diamond Dreams Miami here. Uh, fall ball started. And uh, excited. Except for, except for, for the, my team. Except for your <laughs> team. You guys had it rained out. But the schedule started. We're uh, active daily. Instructional League starts September 9th, opening day. That's exciting. And um, nah, we're here. If you're a beginner now, ages uh, two, three, four, five, six, looking to get started, you can join our DD Rookies program. If you're a two, three-year-old, you can join our Super Twos program, Daddy and Me, Mommy and Me practice, and registration's open. So, And don't think that because, A, you know, there's a, it's an instructional league, you know, not, not playing at, you know, uh, MYBA and all that. Hey, the instructional league at DD is fun as hell. It's a lot of fun. So much fun. It's going to be interesting because the T-ball division where Big Will is going to be in. Um, Will's going to debut. It's gonna, It's going to be like <laughs> super rookie, man. Like there's more rookie players than there are returners because the last instructional league, you know, was one division and most of the kids were over 40 kids were going into 6U. Right. So now it's kind of like the league's kind of like gone from bigger, more experienced to boom. Now the rookies is kind of like more of what a roster set. So it's going to be a real beginner baseball, and we're excited for it. Hey, I'm going to go you catch know. some games. No, you're, we're going to have to commentate some games. We're make <laughs> something up for hey, them. I would love that. You know, And also Armando Alvarez, real estate agent, um, buy, sell, 
trade, trade, (laughs) whatever, whatever you want. Uh, Call me. Let's have a conversation. You know, it's uh, there's so much happening in the world of real estate. Just the other day, my networking group, I I did a presentation on on inventory and how it's changed year per year. And, you know, what some sellers are doing with some listing agents, it's a little bit of a disservice. You know, they're overpricing by a ton and you don't you don't do your seller any favors if a, if a property is going to be on the market for three months, you know, um, when I, when I sell, I like to sell right away. So, you know, we price it correctly. We talk, listen, if you're a longtime client and you tell me, look, you know, I want to test the waters, we could test the waters, but after a certain amount that doesn't work, we're going with my strategy. Uh, but yeah, call me, let's have those conversations because it's not, you know, just black and white, like, Hey, let's just list or whatever. There's so much that goes into it closing costs and lender fees and a bunch of stuff, you know, and, and, and a lot of people are in the dark. So call me, let's have a conversation. And if you, and if you're ready to sell or buy message me, you know, I mentioned to Mike the other day, we were playing a game and, and Luisito, one of the coaches at DD tells me, he's like, Hey, you know, everybody knows you here. Somebody was saying, Hey, look, it's our, it's Armando, the realtor. There you go. (laughs) And and which is, which is cool. You know, that means people are listening. People are paying attention to, to our social media. So what's your social media, Armando Alvarez realtor, right? Yes. That's your, you got those videos on there too. You got the cafecito time there. We recorded one today. Yeah, man. Right before this. Good stuff. (laughs) And the most important thing is that they're going to be working with a good person, which. That's what I try, man. And I've known Armando for those of you that don't know, I've known Armando for. 25. 25 years, bro. Something like that. Jesus Christ. Long time. 25 years, bro. So, wow. yeah, man. And, and, and look, and thanks for saying that, Mike, because a, a lot of people, and it goes to all our businesses, right? The, the Academy, Swing Kings, me as a realtor. What good does it do our, our business if if we're not going to do right by our clients? You know, for, for a few extra bucks, we're going to do una hija putada. It's not worth it. No. Yeah. Or, or you're not going to follow up. Or you're not going to know, like, you know, you build a relationship. And we've talked about this. I think it's been a common theme um, in our in our podcast. It's about relationships. You know, Mike has talked about it with umpiring. If you tell an umpire to go, you know, pound sand one day, the next time he's going to remember, he's going to be like, yeah. hey, there's that a-hole coach. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Close play, that guy's out. You yep. know, but if you go, I, I saw an umpire and I, I got upset in one one call and I, I held it and after the game I put my armor on them I'm like oh yeah this is your third game see sí, you know te cansado oh you know where tomar agua no ya tengo una oh you know you know I'm not, not that I'm gonna kiss his ass but he's a human bro he's been there three games yeah. this guy's like in yeah. his 70s you know like so all about building relationships with with your clientele it's not just to make a quick buck sprinkle some water on them let's see them grow you, you know, know? because some more than those relationships. Because if you, you know? think, if you think very, you know, your business isn't going anywhere. Nowhere. Sorry to tell you. Nowhere. Nowhere. But we're here to talk about everything, including baseball, because that's what baseball. we do, right? We've got a lot to talk um, about. And, good. you know, we're going to talk with us because the other day we had a, a good conversation. He called me and and he knows I'm a, I'm a big Yankee fan, as I think all, all of us are, right? Mm. To uh, some degree, SP a little bit, not as much as, as us, but, um, you know, we we're talking about analytics and what the Yankees have to do. And, you know, this team sucks right now. And, you know, terrible. we're, we're going to talk about it in a little bit. But, you know, we, we want to talk about, um, you know, youth baseball. 
because you know we we're, the season just started. Everybody, whether it's it's at at you know Meba or at Hammocks or whatever, everybody's already started. You know, and we're we're in the midst of the season. Um, talk about the difference between you know practicing and games because you know you could practice with kids all the time, Espy. Mm-hmm. You know, you you go through your practices week after week and you work. You know, like yesterday, this week we had great practice with Coach Joshua over at at Diamond Dreams. But there's something about the games, you know, that in-game situation, that in-game feeling that that's, you know, you, you can't put a price on that. Yeah, I mean, you have to play games. Uh, the, the games is where you develop the instincts. Um, obviously, you have to practice. You got to, you know, you got to hit. You got to catch your ground balls. You got to do all those things. But there's the game situations. There's experiences. You have to go through them. And especially when they're young, they're going to make a lot of mistakes. The other day I was talking to Mike about, uh, even when I was little, you know, even things like running on a fly ball of less than two outs. Man, I did that all <laughs> the time, times. a million times. And it didn't matter if the coach told me, don't run a fly ball. Uh, <laughs> oh, ball's hit. I'm so excited to run. I just run and I'm doubled off. Um, but it takes time. But a lot of those things are developed in games. You just have to go through the games. There's going to be a lot of failure. Um, the kids may not even know they're failing. They're just like, oh, I'm running. I'm just, you know, running around the bases, whatever. But that, those are the teaching moments. And um, as, as you guys mentioned earlier, the really great thing about Diamond Dreams is that it's an instructional league. They know these kids are young, very young. They have a lot to learn. They don't even know really, they don't really even know the rules yet. Nothing. You know, so this, in these games, they're going to make mistakes, but it's the moments that they, when, they, when they make them, then you go over what you do next, and you know what? They might not get it right there. Yeah. They'll, they'll probably mess it up again, but that's okay. That's yeah. why that's why this league is so valuable. You know, they're going to learn a lot, and by the end of it, they're going to be better players. You know, I, I think it's just like a message to parents. Like, don't expect the kids to be big leaguers for game one. They're, they're yeah. not. They're, they're going to make a lot of mistakes. And at the end of the day, look, we want them to have fun. You know, we want to keep it fun, but they're there to learn. They're, uh, you know, they're there to do things the right way. Uh, they develop discipline. Uh, one of the new um, uh, people that are joining Diamond Dreams, um, one of the things I told the dad, it's like, you know what, for, for Will, you know, obviously Will was very young when he started. And, um, uh, like, it was really good for Will to join Diamond Dreams, not just for the baseball because he's gotten a lot better, but – I think for the discipline, all the kids fall in line. They do what they're supposed to do. They're not running around with their heads cut off, you know. And and again, it works hand in hand with school too, because these kids yeah, start absolutely. school, yeah. and it's just a complement to what they're doing yeah. in school. So it just it does so many good things, man. And not to mention the relationships, like the relationships, you know, with people like yourself, Armando and Mike, and yeah. that kind of thing. So those are things that my wife and I enjoy too, you know. There's such a big, you know, especially with that first season. It's a big transition because the kid goes from a mindset of I only practice to now the brain's got to create a different channel for, oh, okay, this is a game. Oh, this is a game uniform. Oh, this is the way we have to be in the dugout in a game. It's a lot of things for those kids to learn. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we do it in a slow, patient environment, you know, especially when they're going to be that young. Like, we're going to have to have some extra coaches out there and stuff. Oh, absolutely. But, um, but man, you know. You know, getting those first 10, 10, 12 games in is exciting for those kids, man. 
It's a blast. We love it. I mean, it's it's the, the best division. I mean, and you're going to realize it when your kid's 10, you 11, you're going to come to me and say, Coño, man, I miss, I miss those T-Walls. <laughs> That's what everybody tells me. Everybody I run into tells me that, going, oh, I miss those games at Diamond Dreams. You realize now, okay, those are the best, and blah, blah, blah. It's so simple back then, so easy. Yeah. You know, shit gets complicated, man. Like the, the, uh, you know, right, gusto, you know? Right before the podcast, I was telling you that I ran in, well, not ran, I mean, I I do work with them, you know, on, on a real estate basis with uh, uh, Joey, Joey Perez, uh, Jose Perez, yeah. um, and Joey's dad was one of my coaches when I was in, in high school, and he, you know, he actually told me yesterday, and I texted Espy, I go, oh, you know, we're going to have the podcast tomorrow with uh, with Espy, and he goes, dude, I remember at Tamiami, he would whoop our ass, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. but uh, I, w- I ran into his dad the other day at La Carreta, and you know, I'm like, hey, what's up, Joe, and he, I'm like, oh, you know, my son just started the 6U, and he's like, no, no, I see, I see all your posts, and, and he's like, Amando, enjoy it. Let them have fun. Let them have fun because, you know, what What his grandson now, you know, he's in seventh grade. You know, he was like, this is Disaster. a completely different animal, you know, with, with all the, you know, travel ball and tournaments and this and that. It's like, enjoy. Enjoy that that time. You know, don't overpressure, you know. And, and that's something that, you know, we were talking, I was talking about with someone else the other day, you know, kids at that age, you know, maybe later they, they could handle it a little better, but. At like, you know, five, six years old, the way they handle pressure, you know, they think everything's the end of the world, you know, like, like when my, when my son, you know, something happens and it's like, oh, you know, and it's like, dude, no, <laughs> hey, calm down, dude. You know, like if I tell him like, hey, this was your homework, hey, Papa, you got to be a little faster. Oh, you know, and it's like, dude, no, <laughs> calm yeah. down, you know, but going back to playing, playing the games, Mike, um, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of chuckled because I. I, I noticed this in the uh, in the um, instructional league last last season. A lot of these kids, you know, let's not say a lot. All these kids are not following the score. They're seeing the game as it's going. You know, they're going through the motions. They're scoring runs. They're happy when something happens. And at the end of the game, they ask you, "Coach, did we win?" <laughs> you know, they have no clue. And if you tell them no, oh, you know, like. Some of them take it to heart, man. Like yeah, you know, yeah, they they got feelings they, and emotions, man. They have they, feelings they, and emotions. They get it, they, you know? they they know competition. You know that that that's part of it too, right, Mike? When you know these kids, yeah. you know they for a lot of these kids, it's all a competition. Who's faster? We're in a race. Everything's a race. So when you tell them, "Hey, Papa, you lost you lost this game." Yeah, hey, it's it's a I different think, experience. I think that I think that's part of the competitive mindset that we try to like kind of instill in them. Like you know, we try to make. I just want to, you know, I'm running the practices. I try to make the practices as competitive as possible and get them to understand that, yeah, you're at practice with your teammates, but you're still competing with them. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, um, but I think that when the kids, listen, I, I don't think kids really start getting the score to like kid pitch because even my seven year team, they just, they don't know if you're winning or losing, you know? Um, but, you know, it's good that they show that they have the, feeling at least a little bit of feelings and emotions that hey man you know we lost it's in my opinion it's better than the kid who kind of like just doesn't doesn't care you know what i mean so yeah Yeah, you want them to be competitive because in life you have to be competitive yeah and you have to start developing that competitive fire if not you're just going to be complacent not care and we want these kids to eventually care but it's a fine line they're so little you know yeah absolutely but But it starts there, and you're right. You, when you said that, I started thinking back. Man, you know, when I started playing coach pitch, I have no idea no if idea. my team was good or not. <laughs> I don't know if we went 0-20 no. or 20, you know. I have no idea. But I do remember kid pitch. Yeah, that's yeah, a little more serious. It's oh. a higher level. 
that's when I still remember like, oh yeah, I remember we were third place. Like we were a pretty good team, you know? So, yeah. you know, and, and to quite kind of correlate it with, <clears throat> excuse me, with, with school, right? The other the other day I was talking to the principal over at St. Brendan Elementary, uh, Mrs. Capote, and she was telling me a story about, they were talking about sports psychology. You know, we want to bring in a speaker to talk about, you know, a lot of kids are in 20 things, you know, whether it's baseball, cheerleading, whatever, to come talk to, to the school. And she goes, I love that topic because she said when they're very little, she said that, you know, one, especially with, and, and not so much with kids, with parents. Yeah. You know, she said that one mom came up to her and, and, and told her like, hey, why didn't my daughter get honors? She's like, okay. She goes, listen, I mean this with all due respect, but when you're in college or you're in high school, nobody's ever going to say, hey, she didn't get honors in third grade, you know? And and the mom was kind of like, oh my God, you know, like almost like offended. And she said that, you know, 15 years later, you know, like the, the mom's now doing something in the school, whatever. And she goes, I never forget that talk because you were right. You know, like later on, there's room for, for all that. Yeah. You know, once you, I mean, I, I don't have to tell you, you know, you, you told us a story before, you know, you were in high school with, with scouts there, you know, watching you play and watching you stretch and all that. I see. Yeah. But when you're like, I mean, you know, nobody's going to say like, hey, remember in the instructional league or, game one when Will, you know, yeah. grounded or out the, to the pitcher yeah. and didn't run. Or, you or know. instead of giving him 1.1, they only give him a million because he didn't get the honors. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Listen, all these kids are always shining all the time. They're the apples of the eyes, man. They're always shining. Yeah. But it, it's okay for some okay. kids to be honors and it's some okay. kids not to be. It's okay for some kids to run faster and some kids not run faster. Like, it's okay. Like, everybody doesn't have to be like... Look at the skill set and maximize it. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And keep working. Everybody, They're five and six years old, right? Keep working. Just everybody, keep, everybody <laughs> we're just keep working. Yeah, everybody develops differently. Uh, yeah. Just because you're not killing the ball at five years old doesn't mean anything, really. I'll never Nothing. forget, actually, on that first team that I played on, there was a guy on my team that literally hit a home run in every game. <laughs> he had like a remember in Tamiami they put the big star yeah, on yeah, the yeah, hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you hit a home run, this guy's hat was covered in stars, you know? And, and I just started playing. Uh, and I was, I wasn't that great. I was okay, I think, for just starting. But and how old were you asking? Seven. Seven. When I started, and then, um, but then, uh, obviously, as an adult, you think back, you know, like he was just bigger, yeah. and like he wasn't really a good athlete at all. You know, he was just bigger, just running and, in the ball. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter yeah. at that point. Obviously, you're so proud. I'm sure his parents are proud. They hit a bunch of home runs, but. I think it's it's a good message for all the parents. Like, just because your son is not an all star when he's five, that doesn't it really doesn't mean anything, right. you know. You just keep working, and if you put the work in, and, and if your son's a good athlete, then expect him to get better if he puts the work in. And the opposite, if your kid's an all star now, yeah, it doesn't mean that he's going to be an all star when he's thirteen when everything levels out. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you got to continue to grind. You got to continue to be better than the rest. You know it, what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No doubt. It can go both ways. Yeah, there was a lot of kids that I remember from Little League that were absolute studs. And when I was in high school, I don't remember ever hearing their names. Ever. Out. And I used to remember, I remember I would go through the Miami Herald when they would do their teams and oh, yeah. honorable mention and all that. And I would look and some I'm li- like. Oh, yeah, there's some Little League legends, bro. Little League legends <laughs> in Miami, bro. Guys would <laughs> kill them and then they did nothing, you know. And so. look at that. We have first round draft pick, David Espinoza. He said, 
Started at seven, seven. And he wasn't very good. He was a first round pick. A lot of people come to me and they're like, hey, my kid's six. Is it too late to put him in base? I'm no. like, no. 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 Absolutely not. not. With that being said, though, like if there was a Diamond Dreams back then would have had an instructional. Absolutely. That would yeah. help me a lot, but that didn't exist. Didn't exist. Yeah. You know, yeah. you put me in Tamiami at four years old, more than likely I probably would have ran into a bat somewhere because I had no feel for like what was safe and you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's why he's got a lot of coaches always watching the kids and that kind of thing. Um, you know, and I, and I get that from a lot of parents that haven't, you know, they haven't made the call. They haven't looked around and they tell me, man, I really want to put my kid in, in baseball. Hey, how old is your son? Six. I'm like, hey, here, call Mike. Exactly. I oh, is it too late? And I'm like, it's not too late. I know. It's not, not too late. late. It's not too late. But seven, I think, is would would be like, for example, the good thing about starting at seven is that you can still play your coach pitch. Absolutely. Once you start at eight it's or tough. nine, you get right into <laughs> right into kid Amando, pitch. So I have a I you know, and and if someone's listening, like yeah, like if your kids five, six, seven, let's get it going. Yep. You know what I mean. But that's a good age. If you're eight, nine, just understand that probably going to just practice for about a year because you have to go right into kid pitch and open baseball, not even modified. Like you have to go right into the fight. Like, yeah, that's a lot. And understand the game. You know what I mean? And understand the game. Like, you know, SP started at seven, but by the time Will gets to seven, Will's going to have hit a lot more balls than you did. He's, you know what I'm saying? He'll be way better. He'll be, he'll be way, you know, and he'll just have an understanding a little quicker. I know if he'll be better because listen, SP was a super athlete, bro. This guy right here. This guy was Caballo. Super athletic. We ran a 60-yard dash. What was it? 6'4". This guy's a Caballo. Threw 90-something on the mound. Anyway, this guy was a switch hitter. Caballete. This guy's a specimen, you know? So <laughs> Will's got some big shoes to follow. But, you know, if you add up, well, Will the other day was hitting off a tee by himself. Yeah. In the yeah. cage. That's awesome. He went by himself, and he, and he got the tee, and, and this guy puts a video, and the kids just, imagine you doing that at four or five years old. Yeah, I wouldn't. I was probably running around the yard or something. <laughs> no, that was outstanding. That was such a... That's like for me, that was so like that that'll never forget that moment because yeah. like I'm more you know, I've been taking it kind of slow with him because my fear was like, oh, I don't want to like drill it in him and then he doesn't like baseball. And then that would really kill me, right? But then he's starting to like it. He loves to hit. I bring it up with Mike too. He he's getting better with the fielding. Uh, but the hitting, that's what he wants to do. He, so and I think most smart. Of the, most of the kids are like that. They, yeah, they, they just want to bang balls. Him. Um, but the fact that like I, I was working the front, uh, I couldn't just go there. I usually am with him in the cage. I was like, Oh, wait a little bit. I think Chico was getting there like in an hour or something. He's like, no, I want to hit now. I'm like, okay, well, here's the bucket. I actually took it out there and I didn't know what to think. I was like, is he going to hit or, or what? And I waited a little while and I go back and like all the balls are in the back of the net, which is what I always tell him. I was like, you want to hit the ball straight up the middle. I don't want you hitting the ball or the side of the net. Up the middle. All the balls are back there. And then uh, he had no idea I was there. I started recording. And, and then, of course, the, the one thing I recorded, it was centered, like, nice little line drive. I was like, oh, good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, 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 uh, I'm, I'm very happy with where he's at. Um, some of the things I thought would happen are happening. Um, I've always thought he had hand-eye coordination. Now it's just reps of the swing and 
being able to handle the bad. He's handling the bad. Get up to set up in a game, you know, on yeah, home yeah. plate. The and setup is getting better. Yeah, yeah. Like for a while, I'm just like, hey, just hit. Like whatever's natural for you. And but you know, now he's getting to the point where he's a little more mature. It's like, okay, well, sit your feet like this. Put your hands here. Hands a little closer. Hands a little higher. And and it helps when he's doing the practices. Guys like Hector, like, hey, get your hands up, and he listens. You know, which is great. I've seen such dramatic differences as well. I'm super excited. And I can't tell you how we're excited for the first game. Well, you know, <laughs> our, fam- our families are going to be there. Um, Kristen was so excited when I brought home the the uniform, you know. Like she she loves that. You stuff. gotta let me know when when they play. I live they like open right. On, they open on the ninth. Yeah, yeah. Right Saturday, right? The park. Yeah, yeah. Ninth. I'll what have time? Schedule by tomorrow. Um, he's gonna play. I think, but I believe at nine a.m. Yeah, nice. Team Black, baby. So you know, I'll make be, an appearance. And the, the rosters are small. You know, rosters are eight players, which is perfect. Yep. You know, back to traditional. Just throw the ball home to end the play rules. You know, basic, base to base. You know, simple. Yep. You know, we want that league to learn how to hit the ball and run the first. And then on contact, that kid, go to second. Pick up their coach. We want that league to do the basics, man. The extreme basics. Forget about the plays. They eight kids hit, get it, throw it home, you know, get kids moving. That's how that league's gonna start, you know. But it'll be fun. We're excited. Yeah, exactly. As he was talking about the you know, watching the evolution of of hitting right at, at that age. One thing I've seen in, in these games that we played, you know, uh, in the back-to-school tournament, man, some of these kids, they adjust from just from a bat to a bat, yep. you know? I mean, I, I mean, my, my son, first game, struck out three times. Wasn't hitting the ball. First, first at bat, the second game, struck out. And then Coach Joshua, he actually said, hey, Anderson, pick up this bat. It had, like, one of those uh, things to choke up. Oh, yeah. He choked up. He kind of, you know... Changes stance a little bit. I get. I don't know if he just felt more comfortable, and he he got a couple of hits. Nice. And he and he didn't swing down on the ball, which is, he he had been doing a lot. Yeah. Um. You know, it's just from a bat to a bat. I saw I saw a big difference. Well, no, I'm convinced that no kid wants to fail up there. You know, like the kids aren't going there to the game, and they're getting in the box, and their minds like, oh, I'm not gonna hit. Like I think the kids are really trying. Yes. You know what I mean? And that evolution comes because he's trying. Like you see him trying, like, right, here we go. We're going to get it, and boom. And then you, know, you make little adjustments, and boom, you get him going. You exactly. know what I mean? Yep. But listen, those those games are adjustments for everybody, man. The, those Flagami games are loud, huh, with the traffic. <laughs> yeah, with the traffic <laughs> and the I'll hockey. Be there. I'll and be the, there tonight. Wait till the train passes, bro, and you're trying to coach a defense, and, and, and you can't. You know what I mean? Parking. Be awesome. Parking. That'll be awesome. <laughs> and what, one, one thing before we get into MLB, um, I was talking about this with my brother. You know, you you could you could tell the kids that watch baseball because they're, you know, the way they run the bases. Um, you know, like 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 as we were saying, you don't like most of these kids don't get right away. Hey, if it's a fly ball with less than two outs, but there's a there's a few kids. It's not many. It's only a few that you see them and they know. Yesterday, I saw a ground ball to between first and second. The runner from first. Is running, sees the ball coming, stops, let it go by, and kept running. Wow. You don't what, see that what? at six. Wow. You, you just don't. Yeah. Really I'm like, that kid watches baseball. Like, he, yeah. he watches games. He knows that if he gets hit, because three other kids got hit by the ball, and Joshua <laughs> was like, hey, you're, you're out. out. Oh, la pelota. You know? But that kid saw the ball, and it was like natural. It wasn't even like if he stopped, let it go, 
kept going. Same kid got to got to second base. They hit a ground to the short. Waited. The shortstop looked. Threw the first. As soon as he threw the first, he dipped to third. Wow. It's good base running, but it's... Yeah, they developed an instinct. They get know? it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, some kids have some things and some kids don't right now and then vice versa. Yeah. You know some I mean? guys get the cheek pot right away. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. take longer, you know? Yeah, man. I watch baseball since... I mean, I... I remember watching TV. So as soon as I got into T-ball, I, I remember knowing what to do. So like to me, I would tell my dad like, Papi, el niño ese siguió corriendo primera and he ran into like, you know, he didn't stop running. <laughs> he yeah. had to go grab him. Or certain things and my dad was like, hey, listen, not everybody watches baseball like like yeah. you and me, you know, it's it's fine. You know, like the first coach, I always say, call me Ricky Henderson. Hey, Ricky Henderson, stop doing that because I... I, you know, I swiped oh, at yeah, the yeah, fly yeah. ball like Ricky used to do, but, but it's, you know, it, it, the kids will pick it up, you know, yeah. they don't have to worry. They don't have to sit down and I don't, you know, I, as much as I want Anderson to sit down and watch baseball with me, I don't force it on him, you know? Yeah. I put it, you know, he'll watch a, an inning and be like, all right, Papa, I want to, you know, Build the hot you wheels. know, <laughs> yeah, read a book or play with the hot wheels or, you know, Sonic yeah. or whatever. I'm like, it's fine. You, you know, yeah, you're, absolutely. you're six years old. Of course. So. There'll be plenty of time for, yeah, for that later on. But, dude, ma Major League Baseball, man. Um, the season's about to end. We got one more month. That's it. Yeah. One month. It's unbelievable. My beloved Yankees are not going to make the playoffs. In fact, they're, they're like playing not to finish in last place. They're doing what I finally thought they should do. They, they brought in Pereira. They, they brought up Jason Dominguez. He start, you know, he's going to play tomorrow. That's right. You know, they're bringing in Austin Wells. They're bringing in kids from the minors. You know these guys in the majors are are not no dando resultado. You're not you're not seeing it. They 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 waived um, Harrison Bader. They they got rid of uh, Donaldson. Josh Donaldson. You know they're they're they finally got rid earlier this year of Hicks. You know after you know having to see Hicks fail and fail and fail. And and I I, I again I always hate to say this about a major leaguer because they're still caballos. Pero no estaba dando resultado, man. It's, you know, at that point, it's a business. And Cashman, year after year, was, you know, I don't know his relationship with Hicks. Perhaps he's, like, the nicest guy in the world. And, you know, hey, let's give him another shot. But, I mean, if if everybody could see it, why why can't he? So, you know, they're they're making the adjustments. And, you know, something I was talking with, with, with SP the other day, Cashman sees the writing on the wall. Yes. We're going to start seeing a lot of changes from Boone. And you were telling me, like, Inside that organiza organization, those departments below Cashman? Yep, they should be worried. <laughs> um, they're obviously not doing something right. Uh, they have unlimited resources, and they're in last place. Um, and I always look at the Yankees because they usually they set the bar. They're, they're supposed to be the smartest. They're supposed to make the best decisions. They can cover up mistakes because they have so much money, but... Uh, there was something I read earlier this year that the owner was like, you shouldn't have to be paying 280 or $300 million in payroll to win a championship. You know what that tells me? That tells me they're not developing players. A few years ago, I heard, like, I, okay, so just, you know, like when I was with the Marlins, I started there October 2015, and at the end of 17, that's when Jeter and all the people came in. Yankee people started sprinkling in at that point. Uh, we started using a lot of Yankee stuff, like uh, report writing. Was it like Dembo came? Yeah, you know? Dembo came. Um, 
he brought uh, he brought like a, a chunk of people in the beginning, and then the following year there were more people that came. But then it was like right when I was leaving the Marlins to go to the Reds, I had some of my friends with the Yankees that came over to the Marlins, and uh, one of my good friends I'm not gonna say his name, but um, told me that I asked him I was like, why would you leave the Yankees? Because the Yankees have like first off they have a lot of money. They treat their employees very well, especially from benefits perspective, like perspective, like insurance is like the best. Um, they, they, they give them cars. Um, if you have, uh, for instance, like if you have a baby, there's like a max out of pocket or something. They take care of that for you. Like That's things awesome. like that. Just a lot of little things they have. They're one of the only two teams in Major League Baseball that have a pension and a 401k. A lot of the teams just got rid of pension. Now it's just 401k and that's it. They just have a lot of things. So he's like, look, um, there's things happening there that people like myself that are old school. I want to say he's old school. He's old school, but willing to use the new stuff. Par- apparently they were just going to s- strictly rely on analytical things, uh, technology. Not They were not listening to the baseball people. Whereas when Dembo came... Um, it was a combination. Uh, matter of fact, Dan Greenlee, who came over from the Yankees, said that he used to be so arrogant that he thought that he knew more than the baseball people. But then when he moved, he was in New York, when he moved to Tampa and was around people like Gary and all like the good baseball people, he realized, wow, I know absolutely nothing about <laughs> baseball. You know, I do see some things, and a lot of the, like, look, look, we need analytics. Don't get me wrong. They're complementary, you know, but apparently they went so heavy analytics that a lot of the good baseball people left. And they, and things were already starting to happen even right when Gary left. And now you're starting to see that they haven't really developed good players. When the Yankees are good, they develop their players. You can't just go out and pay nine guys. Okay, you know, you got to develop players. Look, Jeter, when he went up to the big leagues, he wasn't making $20 million. You know, he was up there making the minimum. He had to go through arbitration. And for six years, he was very affordable. And to to piggyback off that, Espy, you know, everybody everybody talks about Steinbrenner. Oh, he would open up the pockets. But you look at the core of those teams, you had Jeter, Pettit, Posada, Bernie Williams. Rivera, Those Bernie all Williams. They all, all came up through the system. 100%. And yep. that's like their core. You know? I mean, think about how much money they saved those first five, six years. Yeah, of course, as a big free agent, like a big guy coming out, of course, they're going to be able to at least have a chance to get that guy. But you can't go into every offseason needing three guys and giving out $300 million. No, and having to pay the max for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I think some of the decisions they made were very poor, like the Joey Gallo trade. He is like the uh, like the poster child of what analytics likes. Analytics thinks that baseball is a video game. What creates the most runs to win games? And then you look at guys that hit the ball hard and hit home runs. They they don't devalue strikeouts. They think a strikeout is as good as a ground ball out, which to me makes my head explode. So you know they and part of what they were doing. One of the things I read in the article. Like in, in the minor league system, like in player development, I don't know if it's spring training or instructional league, they were playing games with the players, like like off pitching, that you have to try to hit the ball 95 plus, and that's how you get points. And that to me, it's like, wait, what if a guy is not a power hitter? 
You know, like uh, let's just say David Eckstein was playing today yeah. and was in the minor leagues. He would have never played in the big leagues, you know, yeah. and that guy played 10 years, you know. So the Yankees, what I think is going to happen, they're going to cut a lot of heads. Player development better be, hey, better be ready because they, they're probably, a lot of people are going to get canned there because, you look, Jason Dominguez is going up. Do I think he's ready for the big leagues? I don't think so. I think he's going to be overmatched, but. You know, I think, but that's one of their better guys, and they got to get them up there. But from this moment on, the player development system, they, they need to make changes. And then they, then they have to wait. It's not like from one year to the next. So they're going to be in a tough spot for a little while, I think. Anytime I see a manager or a coach go to a binder to make a decision for oh. a pitcher. Or the iPad now. Like. I, change, <laughs> I change the channel because it's ridiculous. They've completely devalued the coaching feel. Yeah. Okay, this guy, okay, so this guy's got, okay, this guy can go 85 pitches today. You know, that's why he, you know, man, he looks good. Man, he looks loose. Man, he looks great. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's, we, we see it all the time in the big leagues where they're pulling these guys out and you're thinking to yourself, too, this guy's pounding the zone. What are you talking about? This guy's got 72 pitches. Yep. You know what I mean? And then, and then the problem is that those decisions coming from these guys on computers with numbers have taken authority over the manager. Yeah, yep. So what is so you're paying this man? So what do you need the manager for? If you're gonna go on analytics, bro, every day there'll be a lineup and there'll be who hits where, and somebody can run that. You don't have to be a baseball coach. But then what are you gonna have the baseball coach there for the field part of it of your players? And then I'm not gonna have the power to extend this guy 15 pitches, a major leaguer 15 pitches. I can't. Mike, I don't even. I can't go from 85 to 100. Exactly. I can't because it feels good but, or, you know, like I just think that just the ridiculousness that we've gone with this money ball, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah it's done, bro. It's done. I, I don't, I don't done. get I lineups anymore. I don't get lineups anymore. The, no. you know, how, how we grew up and, and I'm not saying that that's the, you know, the, um, the end all be all right. But, you know, like when I used to talk baseball with my dad and, you know, the older people in baseball, it's un cuarto out Cuarto out is the leadoff hitter. Leadoff hitter to me is a guy that gets on base. You know, like a, like a Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson was a badass. He could hit home runs, but like on a Harais, you know, he's going to get on base. He's going to be there. Then the next guy, you know, may drive him in to the gap, but, you know, he's he's going to get on base. And then you yeah. have your guys that are, are like the big bats that are going to, you know, hit a home run, hit it into the gap. But like SP said, like, how do you not value – a, a, a compare a ground ball to a strikeout. A strikeout, nobody's moving. You're you're killing the play. So much could happen with a ground ball. Errors. You move the runner. A runner could score from third. You know. But you have all these guys that are striking out in record numbers. Kyle Schwarber has what like 38 home runs, 39. He's hitting 180 something. Yeah, it's, it's embarrassing. I think that because of the whole analytics thing where the home run has all the value and the strikeout is the same as the ground ball, that's what yeah. they're saying. Yeah. Um, it's completely removed the two-strike approach from baseball. Yeah. It's gone because two-strikes approach, uh, like I've told you, if you battle 10 at-bats, two-strike approach, you're going to get two or three hits. You're going to get walked once or twice. You know what I'm saying? You're going to... You know, you're going to make things happen within that, you know, but you just don't see it anymore. There's no two-strike approach, man. Was it Eli de la Cruz, I think, the other day? I mean, I think he was out at the end, but he had like a 10, 10 or 12 pitch at bat. It was this long at bat, and and I love to see that. I love to yeah. see a hitter, you know, stand yeah. there, and he's just 
battling and battling and fouling and you know he's standing in there being disciplined somebody made a, a comment to me the other day and i looked at him and i'm like papa that's not baseball they go oh i'd rather and it was somebody that like you know likes baseball and i, I mean I, I forget exactly like you know who told me but i remember at the time being like dude like you know better than that yeah. he told me something like oh I'd, i'd rather i'd rather a guy that goes up there and you know and out of out of 10 at bats hits you know two home run but strikes out eight times and a guy that's going to get me six hits and i'm like no, what are you talking no, about oh my god what are you talking about the, the like league, no we need like, more that's baseball not, players that's not that's not baseball yeah we need more baseball players yeah it's not baseball you know what i mean we need more like baseball players like that colin carroll kid from arizona yeah like that that's that's what we need guys like Yeah. Just guys just like that. Arise, you know, you know I mentioned Arise, him earlier. Guys just like that. He's going to stand in there and, yeah, te la puede votar a cada rato, but he, he's going to go oppo, hit it between, you know, short and third. The guy's hitting 350. Yeah. I love it. You know? He's, like he's going to win back-to-back batting titles in two different yeah. uh, in leagues, you yeah, know. It's awesome. Latin Tony Gwen, which is awesome. Isn't it is awesome to see a guy like that? Yeah. You know? uh, a throwback guy that was a legend and, And just to kind of add to it, you know, analytics just loves guys that throw hard. Guys, that, I get it. You like guys that can miss bats, you know. But, like, think about a Maddox. There's, like, nobody that pitches like that now. Nope. It's, nobody. it's terrible. It's overpowering now. Yeah. That's it. It's this power stuff, and nobody could go deep in games. I mean, if they do, it's very rare. Yeah, but it's, it's refreshing to see how is. He's not exit velo guy. Um, you know, the twins are very heavy analytical. They probably thought that he was, um, don't get me wrong, they got Pablo Lopez who was killing it. It was a good trade. Everybody benefited. But um, they probably thought, you know, at the end of the day, that Araez isn't very productive considering he hits for high average. But he's a great hitter. He's a great player. Take him over here. Yeah. <laughs> take him. <laughs> I'll take all those guys. Imagine you have a couple of those guys on your oh, team. Oh, man. Ask me, but do you, do you ever see it maybe, you know, like you said, analytics could could be something that could complement, you know, the way the way you coach and, and play baseball and, and, and run baseball. But do, do you think we'll ever see that at least a, a more of a balance? I know you, you sent me an article that it was from a couple of years ago. Theo Epstein was, yeah. was saying, hey, listen, like this, this is going to be a failure. You know, it's uh, it's. Because it's it's too you know putting in too much and something that we're we're, we're we 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 just talked here for what like the last fifteen twenty minutes and we talked about a bunch of stuff that's Joey Gallo Schwarber you know a, a, a bunch a bunch of bad managing decisions the lineups the way they are right now makes no sense it makes no sense and 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 if you played or or coached or or know baseball. You know that, so why, why do you continue to put like your your faith in this? Like, we're we're seeing we're seeing these farm systems completely decimated. That the Yankees farm system sucks. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, even like the the Marlins farm system isn't what it used to be a couple of years ago. I mean, they brought up a lot of studs, but you know they they had to cut some losses in in a, in a couple of spots, and and I, I attributed to 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 analytics and. And everything that came in when 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 you know when those guys came in and implemented yeah, yeah. all this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they make some head scratching decisions. Um, like, look, I don't mind that analytics makes opinions or gives their opinion, but I'll give you one quick story. 
that to me like made my made my head explode and it was pretty frustrating because the Yankees wanted to bring in this catcher who the Marlins released because he wasn't a prospect he wasn't a good athlete he had no tools but he was a good receiver couldn't throw couldn't you know do anything at the same time we had um, uh, Austin Nola who was Aaron Nola's brother Austin was an infielder. He was kind of a weird profile. He was a good infielder, but not really a shortstop. But what the baseball people saw, or man, he's got good hands. He's got an above average arm. He's pretty flexible. They talked to the kid. Hey, do you want to catch? It might be thinking you get to the big leagues. He was like, yeah, absolutely. Whatever to do, whatever I need to do, get to the big leagues. I'll do it. He started catching. Obviously, like, this the the technology we had was measuring the ability to receive and steal strikes and he graded poorly at first because the guy hadn't caught that long and they they literally like all the 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 catching coordinator and all the baseball people were like no we need to keep him well they didn't listen they let the guy go we we took that yankees guy who stunk he played one year of the marlins he got released he hit 100 hit 160 again he was terrible they ended up hiring him to be some some scout or, or whatever. And Austin Nola's in the big leagues. And he's been in the big leagues the last three, four yeah. years. So you let go of a guy who's a big leaguer literally for nothing. You brought in a guy who didn't wasn't anything because you wouldn't listen to the baseball people. You know, those are things that are not even on in, in public. You know, I'm sure those are things they don't want wow. going out there. You know, so decisions like that, like, look, everybody has a right to their opinion and whatnot but at the end of the day it's a collaborative thing i think there should be analytics is complementary uh you know the baseball guys at the end of the day they're the ones that really know they're the ones that have seen it they know what works and whatnot again but also uh, i don't want to discredit analytics because sometimes they do see things that the naked eye no, doesn't of course. see right but that's when you obviously these people listen everybody listens um one of the things and uh, as i mentioned i was with the reds we took on Kyle Bodie, the guy from Driveline, and uh, I don't, I don't really know exactly what happened, but uh, the, I guess the general consensus is that like all the the techie pitching guys, uh, and actually some of the hitting guys, they were almost arrogant, thinking they knew more than everybody, and that didn't very that didn't go very well with the Reds, and they lasted maybe two years, and all those guys got let go, and now the Reds are going more they're they use analytics but uh, i would say they probably use more baseball than analytics that's good yeah yeah i was got to limit what we're reading on the analytics you know some of these analytics are crazy though sb <laughs> some of these things like look one of the big things that to me is i mean i i get it's very important that you want to yeah. hit the ball hard of course that's the goal yes but you don't have to hit it that hard to have that much success. You know what I'm saying? Like not hitting the ball hard sometimes is part of it. Like yeah. you got broken bat, you got the ball at the end of the bat. Yeah, you, you got to move jam, the guy over. You and move you... the guy over. Like there's just so many things. And I see a lot of emphasis on on the exit velo, that launch angle stuff. Yeah. I just think that's poison. You it, know what it, I mean? It, it's it's terrible. I think you got to kind of look at what kind of player you are and – Look, Arias is not thinking about his exit velo. He's just trying to hit line drives. Yeah, like you know? I'm. I rather like what I'm saying is that just teach to hit the ball hard, but you don't have to put a radar gun on it. I know. And then create a line saying, "Oh, that's oh no, you need to be here, but you're here, so that's ridiculous." Yeah, well, that's what the Yankees you know? were doing. They were playing games like, "Oh, you to beat the pitchers, you have to ball hit the ball over 95." 
it was some kind of game they were playing. And I was like, what, what is that? What is that? It's nonsense. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. When I was in the minor leagues with Cleveland and high A, um, Derek Shelton was the hitting coordinator, which is a manager now somewhere in the big leagues. Pirates. Pirates. And um, they had this thing where they would give a bonus at the end of the month to the player that saw the most pitches per at-bat. So they wanted you to see an average of four pitches per at-bat. Yeah. Okay, so it sucks yes. for a guy like me because – I was I love jumping on guys early in the count. <laughs> yep. I loved it. I've First pitch, that. second pitch. And because you want to make them happy and you kind of want to have to cooperate, affects a little bit, man. It's terrible. You know what I mean? And you got to be careful. My advice is every player should just play their game. Exactly. Bro, if you want to swing at the first pitch down the middle and you rolled over, well, then you went for it. But to somebody say, oh, you should, I don't know. You know what I mean? I guess, you know, a guy before you swings at the first pitch, you're going to come up, take the first pitch, but you can't fall into that, like forcing people to take, uh, try to see this amount of pitches. No, man, like maybe that's one old fastball is uh, outside corner is a cookie. You know no. what I mean? Like, Yeah, exactly. So you know, those games, like you you get stuck in, in looking and, and, and doing the wrong thing. Yeah. You know? You got to go up there and get a pitch to hit. Yeah. And it's. I felt it hurt me. No. No, Looking at it now, I I feel like those things hurt me a little bit. It hurts. I think it'll hurt everybody. And and that was happening with other teams too when we were playing. When I was with the Tigers, they didn't do that, but I would hear about that stuff. Um, The Reds, which is a team I was with before the Tigers, they started doing that, forcing guys to take a strike. Yeah. And it's it's like. Uh, then everybody knows in the league they're throwing you cookies down the middle. In 05, I played in the fall league, and one of the teams that was on my team were the Reds. And Joey Votto was on my team. He was actually my throwing partner. And he was telling me, Joey Votto just hit 210 in high A. Because they, like, you know, he he's a good hitter, but, you know, at that point, he wasn't what he was in the big leagues, like spitting on things like this much right. off the plate. You know, and he was forced to take a strike but he was a power guy they'd get ahead and it's change-ups and sliders and you know hit third or fourth and he hit terrible and to me it was just so backwards it's like you you walk by not swinging at bad pitches you know you walk by hammering mistakes right especially early you know as a player they throw you a cookie first pitch and you ambush and you crush it do you think the pitcher is gonna come back and throw no. you a cookie he's probably gonna throw you a sinker or a change up oh damn and that's how the game goes. One, you're one you and know? oh, you're ahead in the count. Oh, he, now he's a little more careful. Uh, it's just so silly, man. You can't make every player the same. Some guys like to see a pitch. Like one guy's Joe Maurer. Joe Maurer rarely swung at the first pitch. Well, that's Joe Maurer, bro. That guy's a freaking Kalayo. <laughs> yeah. You know, he <laughs> never like three struck something out. every year. Never struck out. I don't know if you know this. He struck out once in high school. Wow. Jesus. Once. E- elite bat to ball skills. He's the best player. I played with him on the team Team USA. He was really good. Really good hitter. Lefty hitter, right? Lefty yeah. hitter. Amazing athlete. Just really good. Uh, I don't know. And he was also... I think he just retired recently. He reti- retired two years ago. Years ago. Okay. Yeah. He's a borderline Hall of Famer. He was hurt a lot. But um, but everybody's different. You know, that's what I'm saying. You know, at the end of the day, you got to go up there and you got to hit a pitch hard somewhere. And it could yeah. be the first pitch. Or last pitch. Like, for instance, like, for me personally, I always walked a lot, but I wasn't taking cookies down the middle. I was always, if it's a fastball, middle of the plate somewhere, I was swinging, you know? And I just, 
I was able to hit with two strikes. That's why I walked a lot, but I wasn't trying to walk. Maurer is older than you or younger than He's you? He's a year younger than me. He was a 1-1, right? 1-1. And he was a national high school player of the year and the national football player of the year. What well, great athlete. He yeah, got like, he, he got like he, 5 million, right? He got paid out of high school, right? He five got, million. Maurer, Maurer, I think, had a scholarship to Florida State, and he would have been he would have been the uh, the starting quarterback. Yep. Like yep. as a stud. No, he's a great athlete. Great athlete. You know, but again, he everybody's different. You can't mold everybody. Again, it's kind of like what's been going on in the analytics. Oh, we like guys that hit the ball hard. We don't care about strikeouts. Well, you keep thinking like that. You're going to have a bunch of guys like Joey Gallo in your lineup. Yeah. You know, which they kind of did for a while. They had a Gary Sanchez and they had Joey Gallo and Donaldson. Don, Donaldson. <laughs> a nightmare. Donaldson. Well, one of the other things that stood out to me, too, when I was with the Marlins, I'll never forget this, um, you know. Gary, Gary didn't care about makeup. He thought, oh, if they have tools, we'll worry about the makeup later. But one of the things that was a big issue with Donaldson is that his makeup is, to put it nicely, below average, right? And he wasn't that great in the clubhouse. And that's why it's like, man, he's a deteriorating player. And then you're bringing him in the clubhouse. Maybe analy you know, analytic department didn't really care. And then right. after the fact, it's like, wow, this, this was a complete mistake to acquire this guy. Look, they released him. Yep. And I, I didn't know he was, I was telling Mike, I don't know, it was yesterday, the day before, he was hitting like 140. You know what hitting 140 is? Yeah. That's yeah. terrible. Terrible. But anyway. But we, um, you know, before before we go, because man, we, you know, we've had three three podcasts with SPI and I feel like we could talk about so much more. I mean, you know, there's so much more that, that we wanted to talk about. But before we, before we go, um, we're talking about this before, you know, with the whole fever with you know Lionel Messi and Inter Miami they haven't lost a game I mean yesterday was their first tie I mean it was 0-0 but he's been the other day he had a goal that was like it's ridiculous like what what that guy could do on you know when you're the best you're the best right yeah. uh but the best attracts the best yesterday at the game over in Fort Lauderdale at Drive Pink Stadium was Floyd Mayweather Jr. one of the best boxers to ever live yep and Taking pictures, it's one of the greatest baseball players to ever live, Ken Griffey Jr. Yep. That's insane. It seems like that's a nice hobby, huh, for these guys? Because I know Randy Johnson's a Yeah, pro, Randy Johnson's like Griffey a there with his credentials. professional photographer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody wants Messi. Yeah, he's incredible. My wife and I want to try to go to a game, and we were looking him up the other day. I don't know if you ever looked at his Instagram. Have you seen how many followers he has? Yeah, he has more followers than any baseball player, than any football player. <laughs> he has more followers than anybody we thought of. We started Googling or, like, looking up people, even, like, more than the Kardashians and stuff like that. He has almost, he has, like, 400, like, 90 million followers. That's, that's a lot more than the president. Yeah, and, like, yeah. and I can't, I, I didn't, we didn't look that much, but, I mean, He's like a world, like, like a like an icon, you know. Those checks are coming in, huh? They're oh, coming yeah. in heavy, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. Listen, what that reminded me of yesterday, and I'll say the story, and then we'll we'll close out. Um, so obviously, getting a ticket to an Inter Miami game nowadays, unless you're going on, you know, on the secondary market and spending a, a ton of money, you're not gonna get tickets. So, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. Got a credential as a photographer. When Muhammad Ali fought Joe Frazier, the first fight, at Madison Square Garden, you couldn't find a ticket. You know who was there taking pictures? I believe it was for Life magazine. Ringside taking pictures for the magazine, Frank Sinatra. Wow. Frank Sinatra... 
to be able to go to the fight had to get credentialed as a photographer for a magazine <laughs> to watch Ali and Frazier, which is considered one of the greatest fights of all time. Amazing. So, like you said, this guy is, you know, for, for a lot of people in, in the United States that, you know, we watch, you know, like our baseball or NFL and all that. This guy is, I mean, this guy transcends Yeah, they're sold country. out. Like, all the games are this sold guy, out. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, everything's... I wish I would have bought season tickets, you know, like a couple of years ago. Yeah. But uh, that's what this type of personality does. You have one of the greatest baseball players to ever live, Hall of Famer. Yeah. Has to get credentialed as a photographer to be able to watch him play. That's so that's cool. Amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. One of the dads of my ministry for St. Louis, he's actually the radio guy for uh for the Miami soccer team. Oh He's nice. Just loving it. Oh know? yeah, that's gotta be different now. They used to give away those tickets two months ago. <laughs> yeah. Used to give them away now. It's like you can't even get your hands on them. Yeah, I remember when the when the Heat, you know, got uh they had already won with Shaq and Wade, but when they got the big three, I remember calling the Heat and getting tickets behind the basket when the big three came. Hey, that was done. You know why, right? Yesterday's price, not today's <laughs> price. <laughs> yeah. But but SP, thank you for coming on once again. Always fun talking to you. A, a lot of hey, a lot of stories that we didn't great, know. Great podcast, thank you. SP. Love it. Right, you got it. And until next time. Next time it's fifty, Mike. Fifty. Wow. Don't be a hito. This was episode forty nine. Damage Miami up and in. See ya. See ya.